Well, Devin NC Leary's State, not walking through that door, unfortunately. Right. I don't know if that would have mattered. They looked like with him. Like they didn't look. They haven't looked good one single game this year, which is really weird because he was hooping last year. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This is my legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet, www.thewheelroute.com. You can send us emails to wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. You can find this, the IG, it's at wheelroutepodcast. The DMs are open. Uh, and you can get the show from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Pod Center, and Stitcher. Those are the big four for now. My name's Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at Logo on the Dawn. Coming to you guys from Stewart, Florida, uh, where you know we're having a we're having a little bit of late summer action here. Um, it's a little warm, beautiful, beautiful weather though. Can't complain. Um, yeah, and we are excited to uh, just we are very excited for the cocktail party this weekend. Let me tell you, I cannot I cannot hide my giddiness for this event. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I am in the friendly city of Harrisonburg, Virginia, where are we comfortable calling it peak season, Jason? Have we passed peak season? Peak week? Is it peak week? If, it, if it's not, it's very close. It's pretty darn close. I mean, it's pretty... colors are popping, especially when you get one of those like grayish, mm-hmm. uh, somewhat humid days. The yeah. yellows and the oranges really go off. Uh, the Shenandoah Valley is flexing on the shout out, shout out to the chlorophyll for evacuating yeah. the leaves. Um, I'm on Twitter.com, at Shank Jordan. You can find my Wordle scores there. And uh, maybe I'll craft an original tweet before 2023 uh, to welcome the Who's to college basketball season. That's right. It's time to rejoin the, uh, start the, the chest beaters. Get out here with it. It's time to start slapping the floor a little bit. That's right. That's right. Uh, I am a fellow college basketball person, uh, Jason Kreck. Enthusiast. Um, professional. Um, I am also recording here in the friendly city of Harrisonburg. But yeah, it's, we've just, we've been getting the seasons. We've been getting the seasons and we love it. Um, it's great. It's a wonderful spot to be in, in the, the later stages of October. Um, let's see. I tweet things at Jason Kreck. Um, and I had a, I had a snippy thing that I was going to give a shout out to and now I've forgotten. So clearly it was very important. Yeah. Well, if you think of it, you know, feel free yeah. to just put up your hand. As, and, as uh, I'm usually very rigorous on the structure of this podcast. So I don't know right. if I want to throw things off, but I'll take a chance. Yes, we are all very prepared and structured on Correct. this production. So, guys, you should you should be down here this weekend. Uh, it's the Live Golf season finale here in beautiful Miami, Florida, coming yeah. up. So you know, well, I got an email that uh, the Hammock Creek uh, Gold Loyalty pro- Program tournament is tomorrow morning. So it is. I think I think if I hop on a jet. After we record this, I uh, might be able to meet you on the first tee, Logan. We'll shotgun start. Could be the third tee. Speaking of live golf. So, you know. Uh, we, shotgun we start. I saw there was a, a famous Oktoberfest lunch buffet 
also Ooh, included in, in the nothing like Not sure nothing what like that means, but... Knocking down some beer worst and schnitzel after... Sucking uh, like down some sauerkraut a, in 85-degree weather. Posting an 88 from the white tees. Yeah, it was, it was a great time. But I think it's <laughs> handicap-adjusted, so... Oh, hell yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm in there with, like, a 76. I love that. Uh, <laughs> it, would be, it would be a good time. Uh, you guys drinking anything good tonight? Huh? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you are correct. It's grapefruit polar season because we're making picks. We are are making picks. Jason, tell me. Uh, I had uh, a couple beverages with dinner, so I am... I'm really in a slump here. I think that's probably why my picks have gone sideways. I think I need to get back into it. I might might dip out mid-podcast to grab something from the fridge. We'll see. Okay. You went sideways three and two last week. I know. It must must be tough. Yeah. I actually have data to support that I should be drinking more on this podcast. I don't you you are just purporting to have data. Um, I am not drinking on the podcast though, but against my better judgment, I am on the lime la croix. I did just have some yogurt though. You guys would be happy to know. So that's why yeah, my voice sounds we, so well. We so saw husky. it, so we were. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a, Logan, give us a quick Top Golf networking recap. Oh, <laughs> did you run into um, some cold beers there, or was it strict? I did. Business? I did run into some cold beers. I had I had myself a Miller Lite resealable pint can and yeah. a uh, a Lagunitas IPA. So that was Ooh. nice. Yeah, good, right. good to get back to it. We were we had a fat stack of drink tickets. I, I could have had more beers, but you know, I I was I had to keep it between the mustard and the mayonnaise on the way home, trying to survive on ninety five like Rick Ross. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But that all uh, being said, it was a successful event. You know, met some folks, met some people from my company that I've never met before. That is kind of like a unique feature of the post-COVID. Like, I started working at, at this new firm that I work at in like June of 2020, mm-hmm. which was peak stay-at-home season, and I, uh, I I followed the rules. I stayed at home, and so did everyone else. But they, uh, you know, so as such, I have not met just like various people who, in theory, work like in my office. So. Um, it was nice. It's been nice to do that. Uh, just absolutely striping it. I, I think I might be made for regular flex shaft clubs, guys. I think you know. I think I might just have to. I think I might just have to downshift and just start taking it to tempo town, getting the club head to the zone. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with rhythm. I've often <laughs> said this. No, I mean we played the typical. Uh, this is this is um, drive shack that we have here. Uh, mm-hmm. You know you you. Some people may call it Top Golf, you know, because it's like Kleenex. You yeah. know, it's the it's the name Cute brand tips. situation. Yeah. We all know what we're getting into here at the Drive Shack, but uh, yeah, we played the. I was just nails at the uh, the blackjack game. It was that was that was good. I was just picking out targets, got a wedge in my hand. That's where I do my best work, as you guys know. Yeah. Um, and, and that was good times. I did not, you know, take any big meaty driver hacks. That never goes well on that kind of display with like blue cheese dressing all over your hands and, you know, <laughs> uh, just like half schwacked off beers. So didn't do that. But yeah, good time. Shout out to the American Public Works Association. So. Yeah. Well, glad glad to hear you were pure in the ball. Yes. Yeah, we're, we were seeing it good. I don't I don't. It was it was nice. Must say. Did anyone bring their own clubs in your group or was it in, outside in, your group? In my group, no. Okay. There was a gentleman that walked by, like he was doing the like smirking, like he was feeling him feeling himself smirk as he walked by, full titleist bag yes. on his back, uh came through. And there was another guy that had like a couple clubs. I mean, listen, I'll I'll hear I'll hear you out if you know it, I mean, I guess it just seems to me, <laughs> to me, it's to me it's a bad look. Like I just it's a networking event, like you can just hit and giggle here. 
you know, if you're going to like go and try to win like a league event, if like you're playing actual games there, we could have a conversation separate about that. But if, you know, you're going to be knocking down fried chicken medallions from the, uh, from the, from the buffet and, and drinking free beers, then maybe, maybe leave the, uh, the stealth at home there. Big guy. <laughs> leave the premium <laughs> sticks in the car. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to bring these gloves in here so you can hit these golf balls that have been hit like 500,000 times each? Like, come on, what, I mean, what, are, we, what are we doing? Are we, are we getting dialed? Are we really Just getting dialed here? trying to collect more data. <laughs> For like the Hamid Creek tournament. The net's morning. 218 yards away, man. Like, just relax. Okay. <laughs> did we did we see anybody fly the net? No, I didn't see anybody fly it. Okay. I saw a couple guys get into it pretty good, though. There's some trash. There's some trash goals that I saw nice. here and there. You can tell. These events, it, it is, like, once you, like, play a lot, it is kind of fun to look down, like, the row and just sort of see. Because, like, there are some folks that, like really have it put together. And then there's some folks that just don't play any golf at all. And it's like, it's, it's a lovely, a lovely mixture. It's a game for the people. Yeah. That's why I think places like that are kind of fun because just, you can just have at it. Yeah. It's a mostly yeah, judgment free zone. Yeah. Mostly. Who am I to judge? Anyhow, let's move on. We got a kind of a weird week of college football ahead of us. Would you yeah. agree? Did you look? Th- you looked through it, Jordan. Jordan. Jason, have you looked through the, the schedule? Not the entire thing. I have not. Uh, it's, looked, it's looked through our picks, and so it's put the fear of God in my heart. But I have not looked right. through the full schedule. Well, I mean, like, I, there's I, a lot I, of games where it's like, man, if this other team had held up their end of the bargain, this yeah. could mm-hmm. be a fun matchup. But I think that this week, from what I can see, this week looks looked a lot different, like a month and a half ago. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, for example, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. Maybe could have been a good game, and once upon a time, really Texas A and M is is screwing week after week is screwing the pick segment over because um, they have not really held up their end of the bargain. That's yeah. they're, they're I the thought about throwing that this. game in there, but uh, we I think we have enough SEC flavor. Yeah. As it is. I think Pitt North Carolina and maybe at once upon a time could have been a good game. Right, like five four weeks ago, I think it might still be a fine game. I just don't think Pitt is Pitt's just been weird. They've been very weird. Virginia Miami gonna... had the potential to be a meaningful game sure. before the season kicked off. <laughs> like, you're laughing, always... but before the season kicked off, <laughs> right. this could have been a meaningful coastal uh, game with hashtag implications. Right. So anyhow, I think this is this is a diet sicko mode week. I think next week it's going to be full sicko mode week though, because I, I believe if you look ahead, there's it's it's a rough track next week. But um, that being said, let's focus on this week. Let's get into a couple games here. Chat about it. Miami's at UVA. Jordan, how are you feeling? Uh, cautiously optimistic. Like, I like that UVA's got a long week to prepare for this. I like that they're coming off of a road win in conference. Like, that, yeah. you know, it feels like that group, I have said throughout the season, looks like they're pressing really hard. And so to get a result, albeit in a kind of clunky way, um, I'm hoping that kind of lifts some of the weight off of the collective shoulder pads. Um, But yeah, we'll see. Like Miami is certainly not coming in with a ton of momentum. Um, That's, that's got to feel good if you're Virginia. Um, So yeah, I'll, I'll temper my expectations. I think we had talked about this being a potentially 1130 kickoff. I am still seeing it as 1230. Oh, maybe that was because it was listed in God's time, central central time yeah. zone. The yeah, Midwest. So many, many apologies there. Uh, hmm. Yeah. I, I, so yeah, I, we'll see. I think the line right now is Miami favored by two. 
Um, yeah, that's probably seems right. Just given roster comparison, I suppose, but yeah, Miami has looked like just, they, they have made so many bad mistakes. Virginia's just looked kind of inept. Miami has looked like downright, like dangerously bad at times. I mean, eight turnovers last week, obviously probably can't really, that's probably not sustainable week over week for Virginia to expect that, but I would agree. still a, uh, a team that's down to put the you know put the put the rock on the floor a couple as times Virginia and, is they have <laughs> yeah, proven so this, to <laughs> to be known to give up some fumbles of their yeah own. this this could happen as well but um yeah not like overly excited about this but Virginia like tends to play Miami fairly well for whatever it's worth whatever yeah, that's I worth, saw on Twitter that Michael Rocco will be in attendance he, okay. he mentioned that he's got good memories in this series um I remember him okay. throwing like an absolute piss rod at the goalpost that Jake McGee, famed big tight end Jake McGee, snagged out of the air to beat Miami probably in 2011 or 12. Um, Yeah, because then Jake McGee McGee transferred to Florida. Yeah, that's right. He was like Gronk Light. (laughs) That's, yeah. In the the sense that all tight ends are are like Gronk Light. Yeah, but a little closer. Except for Algie Crumpler. Algie Crumpler is Gronk heavy, but... (laughs) Remember that guy? That yeah. dude had the big, the biggest backyard in the history of the tight end position. It was <laughs> insane. Yeah. I insane hope, I hope someone wished Algie Grumpler a happy National Tight End Day <laughs> on Sunday. For as much as they were making a deal about that on TV, no one brought up Algie Grumpler. Oh man, yeeks for days on Mister Algie. Uh, the Dukes, Jason. The Dukes are on a bye. Well earned bye week. Dukes are on a bye. Do we, do we have an update on Todd Santeo's health outlook? Uh, no, no. Last was uh, hopeful he's back by next week, but nothing, nothing, no new developments. Is he? Do we know if he's like participated in practice at all? I don't. No. Oh, okay. Um. Have you personally been using the electro stim machine on his left oblique that he's trained? <laughs> if and I do right I feel like if I used an electro stim on somebody, it would do more harm than good. So hey now. Hey you're now. welcome. <laughs> Gross. Uh, Ole Miss is at Texas A&M. Speaking of Electro Stims, let's go to Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. <laughs> Ole, Ole Miss is at Texas A&M. Again, uh, uh, Lane, uh, some salty comments directed towards Texas A&M this week. He seems like he's reaching back into his bag of tricks a little bit. Um, I am glad we're not picking this game because I don't really know what to think really about either of these teams. I think Ole Miss got a little bit fat off kind of a a, a lighter front, front end of their schedule. Um, but Texas A&M is really bad. Texas A&M dealing with like hella drama right now in their locker room. I think they suspended like no less than four players allegedly for smoking weed in the locker room before a game, Ooh, which is wild, wild behavior. Shades of blue streak basketball. Yeah. It's shades of Mark Richt has lost control of the program. Um, So anyhow, We'll see how that goes. I mean, I think one of the young men was Mr. Denver Harris, who was also the guy that got suspended after the the video of him like speeding around the parking garage. And uh, I don't know, he, potentially a bit of a knucklehead situation going on there for some of those young men. But when I um, saw, I think A uh, and M had a, had a punter hit the portal as well. Okay, you so, know, you plenty of opportunities to punt if you play for Texas A and M this year. Yeah, maybe his legs too tired. Potentially, um, or they don't respect Aussies there in College Station. Also possible. 
But I bet you know there's some A and M boosters that are down to go on a kangaroo hunt, though. Probably true. I mean, there's probably A and M boosters who are down to hunt like people. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yeah, there's definitely people who have visited an island to yeah right yeah participate a, in the it's most, a most dangerous game situation yeah yeah, yeah exactly we've all yeah. read the short story what, what is the most dangerous game uh, calling offensive plays with Haynes King or <laughs> hunting an actual human or game? man yeah. or hunting with one of T Boone Pickens's friends uh, for a, another person yeah who, who's to say really <laughs> who really is to say. Yeah, anyhow, we can talk about the game a little bit. Ole Miss runs the ball well. Texas A&M's defense has been kind of iffy in the second half of games. Um, but I just think that – I think Texas A&M's going to be down three offensive linemen too. It just seems like things are kind of stacking up um, not in their favor moving forward for the rest of this year. I am very just nominally curious how Texas A&M handles this offseason. If, like, their season – if they end up, like, four and eight or even, like, five and seven this year. That would be really bad. Like, how does Texas a handle the offseason? I don't think you fire the coach because you own $95 million, but I don't think you can. Kind of don't think you can. But um, also, like, what I think on Split Zone do, they talked about this, but, like, legitimately, what kind of leverage does anyone over there have to force an, in, uh, induce, an assistant yes, change? Or, yeah. Yes, induce um, old Mr. Coach Guy Jimbo to, like, hire an OC or – you know, just do, you know, make some, make some changes to this app or make some changes to the philosophy. I mean, he's called plays for forever. That's what he does. And it has worked really well when Jameis Winston was his quarterback. And other than that, it is, I mean, it, we shouldn't say he, it wasn't like he wasn't successful at Florida state. Right. Um, but like to be as successful as I am the highest paid coach in the world, I am the president of everybody, um, you know, kind of situation. You would think that like, maybe you had like a little bit like more peak performance, like we're able to bring a little bit more peak performance out other than like Jim, uh, James Winston kind of falling in your lap. And well, it's also weird that he's just like, cannot find a quarterback since Jameis. Like, yeah. Right. Can't even find one in the portal. Nobody wants to go run that offense. That, I mean, that's not shocking, but the, I guess the shocking thing is, is he's like, He's con- he seems to be content to keep doing the same thing and expecting the same yeah, results I mean, or I expecting. Think Haynes, yeah. Haynes King was like a five-star recruit. I mean, they, it's not like they're sure, not getting like guys. Philip Sims but... was a high school of five-star recruit sure. too. Like they so don't was Jeff, pan out. So it was Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. Yeah. You know, these you want to talk about bad memories, you know, Philip Sims and Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> shiver, sends, sends a shiver down my spine. Um, but yeah, Ole Miss is, appears to be a little bit limited at quarterback this year too. So I mean, if Texas A&M can beast out on defense and whatnot in this game, it could, you know, it could be a close one. But I think Ole Miss probably um, should be able to pull away. Yeah, the line is uh, one and a half, two and a half. Ole Miss is favored right mm, mo- yeah. at the moment. So I saw there were tickets. Is expecting a close game. Tickets uh, available. For this game for two dollars, two American dollars could get you into this game. And that's at AM? Yeah. Well, they got a lot of seats in there. 107,000. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> that's gotta be one of those ones like when the season falls apart, like you notice. I mean, it's not gonna be UCLA yeah. empty, but you're gonna right. notice it. Oh, that's for sure. I saw I think Florida's gonna be doing a big remodel of their stadium and it's actually gonna um the capacity is gonna go down a little bit. 
Yeah, I think I think that's pretty popular these days. But I think it's popular and smart, given. Also, I was thinking about this back to the UVA Miami deal where we had maybe originally thought the kickoff was eleven thirty. Mm-hmm. I would like to see, maybe Virginia, maybe not, but like at least some schools try and embrace the idea of a Saturday morning kickoff, especially in like end of August, like. Huh. The, the prospect of driving an hour to Charlottesville to sit for a 3 p.m. game against Richmond in, like, 90-degree heat on the side of the <laughs> yeah. stadium that's in the sun and no no winds moving around, like, that's not appealing. But if I can go knock that bad boy out at, like, 9.30, like, yeah. be done kegs, by one. eggs and eggs situation. Oh, my yeah, goodness. I mean, why not? Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Did some team do that? Wasn't there a Pac-12 game? That I thought the like Pac-12 maybe dipped their toe in it. Yeah, maybe one. I one think they're the wrong there, conference like to do it though, given the time zone. Right. Yeah, because that ends up being just like the one thirty kick here. So. Yeah. But I mean, innovators in the space. We'll see. Yeah, disruptors. All right. So we'll uh, we'll we can make, we can make that the official cause of the wheel route. Morning. We would like to see some morning kicks, especially early season FBS games. Yeah, like I don't FCS think you need games. to do it like. Into October or November, it's it's going to be like forty degrees until noon here in Virginia this weekend. But late August, early September. I mean, it's a good idea though. Like if you were playing Miami and like uh, like the week before Thanksgiving, you catch them at like a nine a.m. kick, just brutally cold. Yeah, or if West Virginia could do that for some of their like Texas <laughs> schools, like oh yeah, we're hosting you guys eight a.m. Eastern kick. Buckle 8 a.m. <laughs> so early, yeah, that would be wild. The gator, the the uh, the, the walk, you know, the, the gator walk into the stadium that the team does is like <laughs> six a.m. Everybody's just looking so, so tired. <laughs> yeah, it'd be hilarious. All right, well, that's that's a good idea. Pitt is at North Carolina this weekend. I don't know. Keep an eye on things over there. North Carolina seems to be maybe asserting themselves. Do as, they still only have one loss? Yes. Yeah, they do. I, they okay. seem Put to North be Carolina a, squarely on playoff <laughs> bubble watch. Then. Yeah, asserting themselves as, uh, um, what, the best team in that side of the ACC? The best record in the Coastal, for sure. Right, right. They still haven't run through the murderer's row of Virginia and et cetera. The, the South Lotus rivalry. That's right. true. Um, I don't know who's even playing quarterback for Pitt these days. Things things have gone off the rails for them. Um, yeah. It would appear so. The Narduz the Narduz effect is in is in. That's just how are, Pat Narduzzi likes it though. Fully watching the Narduzzi. fewer you, of you, our players you can name, the better. Yeah, right. Pat Narduzzi is maybe he's trying to position himself for the Iowa job after Ference retires ah. with this with this uh, like posturing that he's doing. <laughs> Who's the grandstanding <laughs> at his own expense? Well, we're gonna pick some games, so. Let's just get right into it. Jason, are you ready? Jordan, are you ready? Let's do it. Take Does us everyone there. have their research done and their good attitude locked and loaded? I have good attitude. All right, research. well, that's, yeah. Mm. TBD. <laughs> I'm grounded with my gut these days. G yeah. with my G, if you, if you feel me. Okay, well, you can workshop that maybe a little longer. <laughs> uh, the first game. It's better than Jaying. Yes. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, the first game is in the B1G. We've got a big noon Saturday 
matchup between the Ohio State Buckeyes and Penn State Nittany Lions. Uh, this is not a wideout, I don't think, because Penn State used their wideout card last week. Um, it doesn't hit the same they, at noon either. I was going to say, 11. they only do it at night, right? Yeah. So kind of kind of a bummer for Penn State to be drawn this at noon. It I is think. Halloween weekend, though, so we are liable to see lots of Halloween costumes in the stands. Yeah. Yeah, so... Congrats to all the uh, the camera folks and production truck workers for yeah. for the variety you get to experience this weekend. Anyhow, the line on this game is 15 and a half. The Buckeyes are favored. Jason is our first picker. Well, you know, earlier today, James Franklin really rubbed me the wrong way. And I've had to really... <laughs> Really quell my emotions. I opened that Twitter DM and I saw like 23 messages. I was like, holy <laughs> you guys are going through it. I was, <laughs> Over James Franklin. I was displeased. We just had to um, we had to we had to come to an agreement on what we were what we were displeased yeah. about. I was really a little disappointed really there was no save it for the pod or table it for the pod, but it's okay. It looks like you guys came to an understanding. Yeah, we did. Um <laughs> Yeah, we don't have to we don't have to rehash it. it, it yeah. So it, we certainly don't <laughs> I, I got to like tamp down my emotions and really look at this from a rational angle and really think through the pros and cons of both teams and that sort of thing. And I think that Ohio State's going to hammer Penn State, so I'm going to take Buckeyes. Okay, they're just they're they're very good. They're a really good team. Now they have not really been tested. Like their <laughs> schedule has not been a gauntlet, but um, neither is Penn State's. They haven't really had a slip, slip up or anything. To be fair, Penn State had to play Michigan at Michigan, but how'd that um, go for them? That didn't, didn't go, go well, well Jordan. I appreciate <laughs> you asking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I just think Ohio State hasn't even looked like there's a there's a chip in the armor or anything like that. So Buckeyes, CJ Stroud's really good at football. He is. Um, I'm also going to take Ohio State, not necessarily just because of CJ Stroud, but mostly because I saw what Michigan did to Penn State's defense um, and how undisciplined, poorly prepared that unit of the ball seemed to be for a Michigan attack that really is not super complex. Um, I think that's troubling if you are a Penn State supporter. Um, Ohio State comes into this game averaging over 200 yards on the ground Penn State gives up a buck 40 and change. Um, so I think I think Ohio State's going to be able to run at will, but I also think that opens up some like blatantly wide open shots down the field at some point. Um, so I'm going to take Ohio State here. I think uh, Penn State is maybe like solidly third or fourth best in the B1G. We've had this discussion throughout the season. Especially now that Talia is hurt. Yeah, but uh, number one is is pretty solidified here, and I think uh, I think it gets put on display at noon. Yep, I uh, I don't want to overthink this one either. I'm going to agree uh, with you guys and and put it up here. There's, I suppose, a case that an excited Penn State team at home at noon, uh, you know, maybe is able to catch some points early, but I don't know. Looking back at that Michigan game, Jordan, sort of like you were saying, what uh, Michigan's defense was able to do um, to Penn State in the second half of that game. I don't think Penn State really scored 
much after the first third of that game, to be honest. And Ohio State's defense is rounding into shape. Um, Ohio State's defense is like really good against the run. Um, and Penn State does not run the ball very well. Ohio State is also really good against the pass. And um, Penn State is not great there, middle of the road success rate wise when passing. So I just, this isn't a, a very good recipe for Penn State to be able to stay in this, if, especially if they're going to have to be passing early. Running the ball would be the key to sort of speeding up the game, um, maybe keeping it close. And I don't think they're going to be able to do that. So uh, I just, I, yeah. I think that this is probably very, uh, this should be over pretty quick. Ohio State. Go Bucks. All right. Uh, next, we've got another nooner. This is kind of mostly in the ACC. We've got Notre Dame traveling to the Carrier Dome to take on Syracuse. Also at noon, the Orange are favored by two and a half at home. Um, when I put this on the sheet, I wanted to pick Notre Dame. I figured Syracuse, you know, emotional letdown situation after kind of letting the Clemson game slide out of their grasp on the road. Um, Notre Dame really, really hasn't been terribly impressive this year, though no. they are somehow the only team to beat North Carolina to this point in the season. Um, so they've got that going for them. That's weird. Um, Cuse, however, is is favored by both the advanced stats guy I follow and SP Plus. I'm not going to overthink this, and I'll just trust the nerds. I'll take the orange home field advantage. They're back on a fast surface, um, so that's got to got to count for something. And like I think their defense kind of plays sneaky well, um, mm -hmm. especially for as often as they're on the field. Like we saw Virginia's defense with Robert and I on the other side kind of get exposed and, and gassed. Um, but Syracuse defense seemed to hold up pretty well to this point so far this season. So I will take the orange. Hmm. Yeah. You're right about Syracuse's defense. I think their defense is fine. And Notre Dame's offense is terrible. I mean, Notre Dame is a, a more, what would you say, striated version of Clemson. Like their defense and the, the gap between their defense and offense is, is bigger than there's, Clemson's. Yeah, there's clearly um, one. But I don't here. think their defense is maybe as good as Clemson's. Um, but it's been excellent. So, uh, yeah, I think I think you just got to go Syracuse here at home. Um, feel like you might, you know, bust a player or two here and uh, put this one away. But I, I don't, I don't, I'm not like, planning on enjoying this game so I, it doesn't i might not like, watch a second of it doesn't yeah it does not inspire me to watch it like these two teams and and that's not just like being a hater of notre dame i've seen syracuse play a little bit this year they're like not as fun as they should be given the kind of offense that they desire to run um they've they sort of have like gotten a little bit more jammed up of late um and relied on the defense so i think this would be a low scoring game so maybe the under is worth a visit yeah i like that for those who dabble I really wish you'd pick Notre Dame because I didn't want to do two back-to-back -back consensus picks on noon games, but I'm also going to take Syracuse. Let's just let it wash over us. Yeah, let's just let's lean in. Um, yeah, I just I don't I don't think Notre Dame has it together yet, and I kind of feel like uh, a noon game in the dome is probably not the time to like 
really get the cathartic moment or anything like that. Um, I think Syracuse is good. Like they're not. I think they're 16 because someone's got to be 16, but I I think they're yeah, yeah. they're a top 25 team for sure. It's not sure. a top 30 team, um, and so I think that's enough to to handle the Irish in their current state. All right. Uh, speaking of in their current state, we've mm. got the Florida Gators. We've got the Ooh. Georgia Bulldogs. Uh-huh. A neutral field event is taking place at 3.30. It's the Good world's ball. largest outdoor cocktail party. It's Halloween weekend. The dogs are favored in Jacksonville by 22.5 points. Logan, why don't, why don't you master of ceremony us into this? <laughs> picks um yeah i i don't have like a, a great feeling about this um <laughs> kirby's teams tend to get up for florida um this is I, re- I believe this is the highest line in cocktail party history or at least in a long time yeah it's, it's been a while uh yeah i mean i, I think you can you can look back at last year's game. I think Florida missed two field goals in the first half. The game was three to nothing. It looked like it was going to be three to nothing. Georgia heading into halftime. Anthony Richardson kind of gets held up on like a powering himself forward run, and they strip the ball out, sort of like in the hold up scrum. And Georgia, I think, either takes it in the end zone or they punch it in right after that. And then I think on the next ensuing drive, right before halftime. Anthony Richardson throws um, a pick six that turns this game into a 17 to nothing score, I believe at halftime instead of a three to nothing score. Not great. Um, so I, I think there is a little bit of meat on that bone. Like, I don't, I don't know that Florida is going to be incapable of running the ball on Georgia. Um, I think that that bodes well for, from, for like moving the game along and keeping it close. I just, at this point, having seen Florida's defense, for the number of weeks that I've seen and seeing them struggle against quarterbacks, Jerry Bohannon <laughs> for uh, USF. Um, and, you know, just in, in just in general struggling, <clears throat> I, I can't trust that Florida will be able to like, I, I guess can, can, can Georgia do a backdoor cover? Like when they're the favorite, is there like a, they they'll score at the end. Um, I think there's a case that like, Florida could play well on offense and control the ball and run the ball. I don't think this is, this is not last year's Georgia team. Um, But I also just, I don't know. I don't think this is last year's Florida team either, to be honest. And um, they're going to need like an excellent game from the quarterback and an excellent game plan for running the football and sort of controlling the clock in order to keep this close. And I I can't, uh, I can't put a lot of faith in that right now. So I'll go with Georgia to cover the spread. I don't, I mean, I don't think Georgia wins this game by like 40, but I also, you know, don't really plan on this being um, like necessary, down to the wire. necessary, necessary viewing into the eight o'clock hour as it drones on on CBS. Uh, but we'll see. Go yeah, I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to break any new grounds on Florida, Georgia. I, I worry about um, these Georgia teams getting out to play Florida, but I am going to take the um, delightful backdoor cover option and take the Gators. Um, yeah, I think both teams are coming off a bye, right? Did you say that? Yes. 
Um, I thought you did. I think uh, Florida's had two weeks of being pissed off. Um, Georgia, not that like mental toughness has ever been a problem for these in the last like 12 months of the Georgia team, but um, they've been, they've had two weeks off after playing Vanderbilt, beating them 55 to nothing, and then playing Auburn the week before. And um, then the week before that was the last time they left home and they only beat Missouri by four. So, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm banking on, we, I'm not banking on Florida, like outplaying Georgia in any way, shape or form. I'm banking on some weirdness and, uh, a possible, a possible late score to cut it to 21 or something like that. Um, but I think it's Jacksonville and weird stuff happens there. Yeah. It's spooky weekend. Like let's, oh. let's inject some weird in, into our punch bowl. Um, I'm also going to take Florida here. The uh, advanced stats and SP Plus both like Florida to cover. I personally, looking at the schedules, think Florida has been through some tougher tests. Now, they have not passed all those tests, but they have like sure. gone through the reps more. Um, Georgia, of course, has a win over Oregon that looks very impressive, but that was week one, Dan Lanning doesn't really have their feet under them, Oregon. And I think if they played that game this weekend, uh, the outcome is potentially, you know, at least closer. Maybe less extreme, right. Yeah. But yeah, less significant margin. Um, so yeah, I think like, I think with a week to prepare and Georgia maybe not really knowing, like this is, this is uh, Billy Napier's first kind of, like jump into this fray right. maybe he's been he's been waiting he's been holding some stuff back uh the kg cajun that he is um he. but yeah i'll take i'll take the possibility of a backdoor cover as well just from the standpoint of like optics are important uh especially for a new staff who's trying to get established on the trail and you don't you don't want to lose this your first year of this game by like 31. So right. I'll take yeah, the Gators. I, I, we'll see what happens. I will also offer in just like some other just analytical thoughts, but Stetson Bennett is just like objectively not a good quarterback at throwing the ball down the field. So if you can get if you can get Georgia into situations in which you force them to throw down the field, you would think that would be an advantage. Florida's just been really sort of weak in the secondary this year. Um, and doesn't tend to play like a whole lot of like just man up coverage, um, which I think could they could need to do if they want to load up against the run and force, you know, Stetson to try to push the ball down the field. I just I'm also really worried about Georgia's tight end duo, Brock Bowers, uh, Darnell Washington, Florida's linebacking crew is thin and struggles to cover. So I, I just there's a lot of ways that I think Georgia will be able to figure some stuff out. I'm really interested from Florida standpoint of seeing like what kind of adjustments schematically maybe we see from the defense or if the defensive coaching staff just is so unimpressed with um, the level of, of play that they're getting from the outside guys and the safeties that they continue to be sort of as, I guess, like soft and passive in, in pass coverage as, um, as they have been so far. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think I mean, Florida, Florida can run the football. I think they're like number one in the country in yards per carry or something like that, like, which is pretty impressive. Six yards a carry or something. So, you know, they can run it. They ran it on Utah. They ran it on Tennessee. 
Um, well, they didn't run it as well on Tennessee. They threw it on Tennessee. So we'll see. Rivalry game. Let's get up for it. I believe, you know, hearkening back, um, Urban Meyer had to retool his year one offense defense or his offensive approach uh, during the bye week uh, after taking a bad loss to LSU before Georgia game um, back when he started too. So these bye weeks are important, especially for a new staff to kind of like probably catch your breath, do some assessment of what's going on, and uh, maybe we can have some new wrinkles. We'll see. All right. Uh, our other 330 matchup, potentially slash hopefully more of a of a tense one coming down the stretch. Uh, this is to the Big 12 we go. Oklahoma State is at Kansas State, where the home Wildcats are favored by one and a half. Jason, please do the honors. Oh, my favorite one the hmm. This one seems weird. I don't know. Oklahoma State's defense is really bad. You think? Yeah. Yeah, I do. They're not really bad. Well, like middle, fair. like completely middle of the pack. Yeah. Bad. That's I got to calibrate for the Big 12. Um, but I mean, they've given up more than thirty in three straight weeks. So, I have no idea what to pick here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take Kansas State. Uh, I think uh, they're at home in the Little Apple. They've been uh, they're coming off a loss, so they're frustrated. Oklahoma State's coming off a big win over Texas, um, insulting my family along the way. Yeah, is this um, a grudge pick, Jason? You can you can yeah, admit it. This is this is personal. They besmirched the family line. Um, yeah, I think I think Kansas State's offense is pretty solid, um, with the exception of its trip to Ames. Um, but yeah, I think they'll be able to take advantage of a a confounding Oklahoma State team. Confounding is a good word to use. Um I like I've been impressed with Oklahoma State's defense in spots not for an entire 60 minutes ever but yeah. they like they make plays they i'd be interested to know what their havoc rate is and kind of where they sit havoc wise um they feel they feel kind of volatile but they like they will generate some turnovers um i also have concerns about kansas state given that adrian martinez is is an injury situation mode right now um i expect he will play and they are maybe exaggerating the degree to which caution is being exercised here but um i will take i'm just gonna keep riding spencer sanders until he lets me down is is what it boils down to I we not, we've not had my line of demarcation week yet with spencer um so i'm i'm gonna keep riding the hot hand and take okay state in this one yeah, seems like a weird one. I, I just like I struggle to see why Kansas State's favored in this game. Just looking at Oklahoma State's most recent performances. I mean, fresh off a devastating win over Texas. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go Oklahoma State here. I think the injury to uh, Martinez, um, and I, I, I find Kansas State a little bit one-dimensional, 
on offense. And I think that if, if Oklahoma State can get up here a little bit and maybe force their hand to more of like a, a maybe they need to pass or whatever. I mean, I think it looks like Kansas State averages 170 yards a game passing. Not a, not a lot. So, um, you know, if we could if we could Big 12 this game up a little bit, uh, it, it would lend itself towards Oklahoma State, you would think. Um, but we've seen Kansas State play some shootouts in which they ran the ball all over, notably against Oklahoma. But I just don't – they don't seem to be as peppy, um, at least the, the version of the team that I saw last week against TCU. So, uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to take – what are they, the Cowboys? Let's go Cowboys. Go pokes. Right. I think they go by pokes. That's right. Go pokes. That's their that's their slang. They're it's kind of their mascot. Is, yeah. They're wa- they're wahoos. Yes. The who's. Yeah. All right. Uh, our final game of this wonderful card. We've got the Kentucky Wildcats going to Rocky Top for a 7 p.m. kickoff. Tennessee favored by 12. They will be wearing a variety of their blackout uniform. Um, yeah. I think it looks pretty decent. The pictures have looked good. I'm it sure looks better look. than that, like gunmetal that they roll with sometimes. Yeah, I don't like, like that. That doesn't look good. Uniform. Yeah, a while it doesn't back. look good with the orange. Like, yeah. The gunmetal doesn't. That's a that's a tough, that's a tough color for like a form fitting outfit. Well, especially when you're just like sweating profusely yes. through it at three thirty, <laughs> and just in stunning high definition. Television. The uh, the Spotswood basketball team had had that type of uh, misfortune. When when I was in high school, they they chose some gray uniforms one year, and it it looked bad. <laughs> it looked really bad. Um, I can see that. Anyhow, the the Vols favored by twelve. I'm going to go ahead. I was surprised. I thought this might be a bigger line, so I'm going to take Tennessee, despite both of the nerds I pay attention to saying Kentucky. Um, Hendon Hooker only played like a quarter and a half last week. Uh, I know Kentucky is coming off of a bye week, but Tennessee, for all intents and purposes, is as well. Um, They're playing at home. It's under the lights. They've got immense amounts of uncle motivation on their side. So I'll take the Vols for this one. And uh, I I just haven't seen anything out of Kentucky that makes me think they're going to keep it close. Um, I, I like the, what is it? The Richardson kid who, who runs the ball for them, but Kentucky has been decently stout against the run so far this year. So, um, yeah, give me, give me Heisman, hopeful Hendon hooker, uh, and the Vols. Oh, mercy. Yeah, I really kind of, in a weird way, want to talk myself into Kentucky here. Well, you're an adult. You can make your own decisions. <laughs> 12. You can have what cake whenever it's, you want. It's Logan. an even 12? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the case for Tennessee is that if you make a mistake, they'll score a touchdown on that play. Yep. Um, at least this year's version of Tennessee. I mean, they, they're and approaching. Will Levis is down to make some mistakes. Well, yeah, but, I mean, Hendon Hooker doesn't play corner. But I, I, I get your point. Uh, you'll get probably more possessions for Tennessee. Um, but I don't, I mean, again, Tennessee's defense isn't great. Kentucky runs the ball pretty well, or at least they try to. Man, they don't really run the ball that well, actually. Practically speaking, they try to run the ball well. 
Um, but their defense is good. And did you know the score of this game last year was 45 to 42? That's pretty crazy. That's probably what generated all the offseason buzz for Kentucky QB, Will. <laughs> one, like, wow, one they put up 40 a couple against Tennessee. It's a 6-6 six and six Tennessee team. <coughs> yeah. Um, ah, screw it. I'll take Kentucky. I think Stoops schemes something up here. They run the ball a lot. They try to just slow this game down as much as possible, maybe steal a possession before halftime or something, and um, strive to keep Tennessee off the field. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Kentucky can make any game an absolute chore and I just would bet on them making this game more of a chore for Tennessee than it should be. I just don't think Tennessee is going to waltz through. Um, uh, also Tennessee plays Georgia next week. So we got a little look ahead potential here for Uh Tennessee. Maybe let the foot off the gas. Um, we'll see. Same thing could go for Georgia also. Hey, so, you know, congrats to you guys. I'm trying to find ways to talk myself into Kentucky, but I'm not going to. See, it's hard. Yeah, it's difficult. It's really hard. Other, other than like, I always see Kentucky playing these like bloodbath close games, and yeah, like twelve point spread just... seems big for a team like Kentucky. Yeah, but I don't. I don't actually know that Kentucky's played. Let me check their schedule. They haven't like played a monster yet, have they? No. I well, mean, depending on who they... you ask, Ole Miss could constitute the yeah, turf I, monster. I guess that's fair, but. Ole Miss was essentially the turf monster in the fourth quarter. I think we have to. I think we have to consider Tennessee a top tier college football team, right now for sure. Yeah. And I don't think Kentucky's seen anything like them. So I'm, I'm going to take Tennessee. Them at home. Um, I worry about third home week in a row. A little bit of a letdown. A little bit of a, you know, low energy, but um, a low T performance, if you will. I will. I will. Um, yeah, I just I don't I don't think Kentucky's got the horses. I think Kentucky's a, a very good team, and there is a clear gap between the very goods and the top six ish. Yeah, really I mean, the top one, and then the top the next five, and then yeah, yeah. The so, Jason, in your power rankings, you have Tennessee in that like squarely in that group behind what Georgia. You could talk Ohio me into State. them being the next team after Ohio State and Georgia. Yeah, I mean, I think they probably have the resume for it, given that yeah. they beat Alabama. But yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody can match them game like win for win. Probably, I, I, we give them a lot of uh, listen. We give them a lot of credit for the Alabama win, and we should. They scored a ton of points in mm-hmm. Alabama. That was a great game. They also like it was an absolute coin flip. Who was going to win that game at the end? Sure. Right? Yeah, Alabama actually got a clean kick off, and, and they it. had the ref. Georgia had like a knuckling sideways sliding kick, barely clear the uprights. And, and went in. So it's like, I mean, Georgia, Tennessee. So, like, that's the, you know, that's the difference in the two yeah, things. And, and we, that's we, why I you think. Know, and we're I writing off, like, like, Alabama. Like, like Tennessee, is, to me, is not clearly better than Alabama. That's why I didn't say. Because if you're going just by resume, there's no question. They are yes. well, yeah. they are the number three team. But, like, powering-wise, you probably have to, like, if, if Tennessee and Alabama met in, like, the CFP semis this year or something, yeah, I'd be hard-pressed to pick Tennessee. Correct. Sure. So I also am, but I think you have to you have to say they are a nationally elite team. Like yes. they are one of the five best teams in the country right now. Yeah. There's a little bit of 2019 LSU to them, and I mean, I kind of mean that in a compliment. I do mean that as a compliment. But like that 2019 LSU team's defense was not a standard good like break you. No, LSU they didn't defense, win any right? games for them. Right. Exactly. And but Tennessee. They did enough. Tennessee's defense is. I would say it was worse than that. I, I mean, I don't really find Tennessee's defense to be 
that good. They they have very good against the run stats, but I think that's because they score so many points that teams are always throwing against them. Yeah. I don't think they defend the run that much. Um, I mean, Anthony Richardson and Florida's receivers were able to like run run up and down the field on them. It was 450 passing yards in that game. Richardson made Brandon, some like big league throws there, though. He did. He he certainly did. And if we all know that Will Levis is down to make big league throws as well, uh, future big leaguer himself. So, um, yeah, I, I just. I'm I'm curious with like a team like Tennessee who it seems sort of like the opposite of like Iowa or something like a, a successful team, but like their offense is so much better than their defense. And in many ways, their offense kind of probably pulls their defense along because they put so much pressure on your offense to score points because they yep. do it so well. I mean, they're certainly capitalizing. I just have some underlying questions about the sustainability of that, like, in like a playoff setting, maybe where you have to play two like excellent defense or even next week. Like I am yeah. probably not going to pick them to be Georgia. Let's be honest. So like, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Well, you might not have to, they might Good just point. need to cover. <laughs> True. All right. So that does it for, for the week nine slate. Gentlemen, best of wishes as always. Yes. Thank you. Especially thank you, on man. your, your noon picks as they are also <laughs> my noon yeah. picks. <laughs> Likewise. What are um, our, I don't know if I, I don't have the spreadsheet over right now. What are our, uh, well, it shows you as active in the spreadsheet, Jason. So oh, maybe I do. Hold on. Let me, <laughs> I have far too many tabs. Hold on one second. If you were asking about our overall records, yes, Jason is number oh, one. Oh, there it is. Yeah. At 25, 16, and two. I am in second place, 21, 20, and two pushes. Logan brings up the rear, 17, 24, and two pushes. Oof. Still a lot of ball left, Logan. Thank you. I apologize. I shouldn't have had him air that out. I couldn't find the tab in my mess of Google Chrome tabs. That's on me. We'll yeah. do better. We'll tab, do better next week. Let's let's Just, do we'll, quick we'll get tab in the film. Count we'll, check, we'll, boys. I think I'm tabs? only up to like five at the moment. I got eight. But I did have I have been I, I like to open up the individual game on paper tab for all the games that we pick. So yeah. and I usually close them one by one as we move through the games. Yeah. So, I think we should change the topic. I don't, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Okay. Jason, answer the question, Jason. I have 26 tabs open. Okay. 26. Wow, one for each letter of the alphabet. Yeah. Right. That's how I do it. I only go to websites like that's my A tab. I only go to I don't have a D tab open at the moment. I'll, right. I'll have to pencil that in for after lunch. Right. Um, you guys got any fun weekend plans we want to talk about? Any any non-football related plans? Uh, I think we're scheduled to play golf Sunday morning. Uh, Saturday morning looks open to me at this point. But nice. uh, we'll see. A little chilly, little chilly AM tea time. Yeah. Yeah, Sunday is gonna be chilly in the AM. Nice. But uh it? you did not tell me this. I was I was recruited under false pretenses. <laughs> well, Jason, the internet's available to all all of God's children. Did you so. not just hear me talk about my tabs? It is a war zone out there. Yeah, the W well, tab. It takes a while to get to the W yeah, tab. I got I got to find the twenty third tab. He's on got to count screen. twenty three from the left. No, I um, think I'm, I think it'll warm up for us by by the turn. Ah, oh, hoodie season. Jason, you got that sweet Henley, though. You're out here in the streets these days. Oh, yeah, that's great. Of course. That'll Get be the layered, bro. Be good. Yeah. God, getting slotted and layered. My, ho my hoodie Henley. 
Jason, you missed a delightful moment in the PGA Superstore <laughs> in which Jordan donned a Nike, I believe it was a Nike rain jacket. It was a storm uh, fit jacket, yeah. Storm fit jacket, and then proceeded to <laughs> go to the top of his backswing, pause, look at me, and in all seriousness, go, oh, I could get slotted in this. <laughs> like that was his analysis of yeah. the jacket. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, wow. yeah. I could get slotted in this. Well, I mean, water um, waterproof conditions are secondary when I'm buying rain gear. I want to know, can I make an athletic move towards the ball in this right. and not right. make a ton of noise? Because I, I respect my playing partners. Right, you don't want to be swooshing too much. No, Mr. Um, Swishy Pants on the green, just whee, whee, whee. <laughs> waddling around behind you while you're trying to put uh i uh i have a couple tea times actually this week a couple so, tea times yeah, yeah. taking Whoa. taking the the, the old the old father-in-law out on saturday nice uh he's finished his his three lessons and is ready to tackle the links for real we're going to play uh at the miles grant and then on on sunday morning we're, we're playing for a uh, friend of the podcast sean lasalle's birthday Oh. Um, we're gonna go play a new track down in Palm Beach Gardens, so we'll see how that goes. The Sandhill Crane. Uh, Jason reviewed the course layout earlier today. A lot of water out there. Um, oh. I'm talking Loxahatchee River. Beautiful. We might see Trapper Nelson float by. You know, legendary Trapper <laughs> Nelson. Out of the so we'll see how it goes. But yeah, should be a fun weekend. Weather has been prime last weekend before the rate hike of the great rate hike of 2023 when the season starts. So. Was hoping to get out to Florida Club one more time before Halloween. Don't know if it's going to happen, Jordan. RIP to a to a successful Florida Club season, summer season. November one is when the rates jump, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Different world. Different world. Yeah. Right. Okay. 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 Trying to sneak in our final rounds. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Listen, I'm not complaining. <laughs> Don't. I am interested, though, uh, you know, one of the tracks I like to play local kind of ratty place, uh, the, the Heritage Ridge <laughs> nearby, is um, they've been working on like their one of their holes. They've had a temporary green for a while, and it looks like their new green is about ready. So I wonder if they're going to knock that one open um, for the because uh, that's where I like to play when the rates go up at other places. <laughs> that's my that's my uh, my winter track. So we'll get out there anyhow. All right. You guys got anything else? Think I'm good. Congrats to the Hurricanes. Big pickup today on the recruiting trail. Love that for them. He says through classy. That's classy, Logan. That's classy. <laughs> no, listen. Hey, congrats to the young man. I'm sure that's a difficult decision to make. Yeah. I'm sure he likely secured some generational wealth for him and his family. Can't fault someone for that. Yeah. Well, he should have. Um, but uh, it's over, Cormani. You know, it's over between you and me. We, we, we did have a good thing going. 167 pounds. Good luck. Put on some weight, son. You got you got a ways to go. <laughs> I can switch the narrative. Just kidding. It's going to make the signing day flip even cooler. Yeah. Uh, uh, there you go. So, Optimism. Yeah. We will. We will re. We will uh, uh, circle back at a later date. This is the wheel route. We're at Instagram at wheel route podcast. Wheel route podcast at gmail.com is the email address. The website is dwheelroute.com. You can also get the show from your favorite podcast acquisition service. Till we meet again, go Gators. Go who's go Dukes. 